Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. Christine Fernando, reporter for the USA Today, brings us Dream Bigger, how weekend marches keep advocates fight for Roe v. Wade alive on the 50th anniversary. Christine Fernando is a uh, the breaking news reporter for the USA Today, and she recently wrote about, well, Let's get into it real quick. Give us the MAGA meter. It's USA Today. She's a news reporter. You can't be MAGA or woke, right? Yeah, she's kind of in the middle. I, I, uh, I looked her up. She's. I mean, it's hard to tell with some of these people. I don't want to prejudge them based on their their you know Twitter followers, but it seems to me that she's fairly pro-abortion, but I don't know that. Maybe she's not. So, um, yeah, I don't have a, a meter on her. It's a little bit tough on this one. But I love when you don't have a meter. It well, makes me happy. The percentage of it, the, middle. the percentage of it is she just does straight reporting, right? She's not necessarily giving opinion pieces. But some would say there is no straight reporting, Brandon. I agree. I agree. You can find her at Christine Fern. Christine Fernando. You said it today. Let me read this real quick. Each year since 1973, abortion rights activists has gathered on January 2nd 22nd, 22nd. is for, for Roe v. Wade Day to celebrate the Supreme Court decision that granted a constitutional right to abortion. But now, 50 years after the decision, Roe v. Wade Day was different. This year marked the first anniversary of Roe v. Wade since the ruling was overturned. Last year, the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization decision devastated abortion access in large swaths of the country. Abortion clinics and restrictive states began to shutter almost immediately. People seeking abortion care were forced to travel across state lines. And in states where abortion remains legal, providers were quickly overwhelmed by patients. Let me just read this quote from the article. The Dobbs decision showed the public that the abortion debate is not immovable from either side. That comes from a law professor at the University of California, Davis. Okay, so I think that quote is perfect because thinking about big U.S. arguments, Brandon, guns, immigration, climate change, abortion, I don't think it's about the issue with any of the issues, isn't it? about how we talk about the issue in this country. Well, what do you mean by that? Expand on that a little bit. We can't talk about guns, immigration, climate change, abortion. Everybody just retreats to their side, and nobody can say, hey, what's the compromise? The thing that I'm saddest about Roe v. Wade being overturned was that for 50 years, we actually had peace, sort of, on the decision. Isn't that how judges are supposed to rule? Don't they... don't they rule on what's the term for something longstanding precedent? Don't they rule on precedent? Because there's really it's essentially it's a ruling. You're just choosing a side. That's what judges do. But they give lots of action to precedent. And that's what makes me so sad about Supreme Court overturning this is that there's really no right or wrong answer. But there was precedent and they decided to eliminate the peace in our country on this issue. Well, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. I don't disagree. With, I don't disagree with you about the gun, that people retreating to their corners for sure. Roe was a faulty decision from the very beginning because it, it, it allowed for too many things to be moved within it. It wasn't like anybody came out and said, "All right, here's the deal: abortion is legal, and here are the exact parameters of what abortion is." What it basically said is, it's kind of up to the states to decide how they want to do it. Uh, abortion, you know, a woman has the right to choose, but the states can decide within certain parameters. And it was very loose. So you kind of have this this kind of a little bit of a of a of a wonky dis, uh, you know decision in Roe v. Wade. 
that did. And I think that it, the reason why we had 50 years of, of Roe v. Wade working is because most Americans actually believe and support Roe v. Wade. That's not my opinion. That's actually what's being shown out in the polls. When you yeah. look at it, most Americans actually believe in the to right 70%. to choose. Yeah, it's, fa- it's a pretty large majority of Americans. So most Americans were like, hey, okay, Roe v. Wade, and, and why would we get rid of it, and, and blah, blah, blah. But here was the problem. There was a group of people, I don't know what the percentage is, probably fairly small, actually, but voraciously on the side of what they would call pro-life, right? I have a really close friend who is a pro-lifer, and he believes fundamentally to his core. He is a great guy. I love him. I was going to say, is he a normal human being? He is being? a totally normal human being. He's a great but guy. But most of the people but that he, are on the extreme side either no, way but, are so, not so, normal. No, but right. Per, They're not. Perhaps. But what I'm saying is, is that he believes, this core belief of his says that life begins at conception. Which right? it might. Which, which, which might. it might, but the problem that he has and those folks have is there's no definitive proof of that. Correct. And also they use a religious argument most of the time to defend it. They say, well, God created life. I'm like, well, what if you don't believe in God? Can you Correct. prove there's a God? Can you yeah. put it in a test tube? That's the problem. When you kind of meld these religious arguments into these secular discussions, you get into real problems because a lot of people are like, Whatever, dude. I don't believe in your God, so why would I listen to you and your yeah. nonsense? Because a lot of this pro-life stuff is coming from the Catholic Church. Some of the biggest leaders are these Catholic yeah. leaders, and they are indoctrinated. Trust me, as a fallen Catholic myself, you are Hey-o. indoctrinated from the time you're born to believe in certain rules that the church puts out. And one of them is that life begins at conception. So, so that's, that's the problem. Essentially, that's what I'm saying. There is no right or wrong answer. And by the way, I probably am right on this. Abortion has probably been around since the beginning of time. There was probably a tea that people could drink. And so there's, and this is, I learned this from Richard Rohr, right? Homelessness has been around forever. We're never going to eradicate homelessness. So then how do you deal with these issues that essentially have no answer? Do you retreat and make your argument and never compromise? I feel what is wrong with America and these issues, gun, immigration, is there is no normal middle. Like, can't, the middle is what's important. We need people, more people Again, in the middle. Again, Larry, the great demon social media has screwed that all up for oh, us. Oh, I, I forgot. We got to no, get rid no, of social media like you no, want, no, and then we'll but, all be good. But my point is, is that people are able to retreat and silo themselves because they can find those people. So look, if I'm sitting in my hometown at the coffee shop and I'm expressing my views, people are like, okay, that dude's a weirdo, or not. But if I get online, I could find 50 other weirdos that are going to agree with me. That's all my point about that. So people live in echo chambers now. There have always been debates around things. There have always been debates about how we're going to do things. The truth is very simple in many ways. The pro-choice group needs to push for a pro-choice amendment that cannot be overturned by courts. They they basically took the easy way out. But it's never going to pass these days. Why? That's never... Because well, we're if seventy percent of the people believe in a, in yeah, but pro-choice. the way that our situation is set up, the small states that pretend to be conservative, but by the way, pay for abortions illegally because yeah, yeah. people have money and do it all the time. So it's more just face showing, yeah, of with course, Christian evangelicals than it is actual Donald Trump leading the charge. Of, you know oh, what I mean? yeah, because like, Donald Trump is totally uh, anti-abortion, right? Exactly. He's so He's full not, of it. But that's my point. It's, it, it's almost not even this issue. It's like getting elected 
is the issue and not actual abortion. Because if abortion was the, we would, if as a country we cared about this, we would come up with some healthy way to make a decision, as we would do with guns, as we would do with immigration. But the the those issues are so big that we can't even talk about them anymore. Yeah, you're correct, and I think, but that's what I mean is there have always been issues that have been polarizing, always. But we live in a system where we can vote for things. And what I'm simply saying is, is that if a, if 70% of the population believes in the right to choice, you can pass an amendment. Amendments have passed, by the way. Women got the right to vote. It's never yeah, but easy. but you have too many of these small states. You Wyoming, don't understand the process Idaho. of how one gets They got to get ratified amendment. by the state. Not every states, single state. But they got to get a majority of them. Well, three quarters. What, I, what I'm simply g- saying, I, you could say that, but that's my point. No one ever thought that Roe v. Wade would ever happen. That's the reason why Roe v. Wade was so problematic, because they tried to do an end around. Instead of doing it the right way, which is the harder way, what they did is they took the easy way out. And 50 years later, Alito and Clarence Thomas and the other ultra-conservative political justices who have no right to be on the court in the first place made this decision not based on precedent, not based on what people wanted. They did it based on their own personal politics. That's the problem Mm -hmm. with it. So you have to remove that. The court, two things could happen to actually fix this problem. Whether they'll happen or not is, is up. Both require an amendment. The first is an amendment to make Supreme Court terms be like 10 years, not lifetime. No, because lifetime allows for love when you bring up these giant like we need to get rid of social media. Okay, but you're not missing. You're missing the point. These are root causes for the problem. So what I'm simply saying is, is that the Republicans have done a much better job of listening to people like you and going, oh, that idiot. He doesn't think it's possible. We're going to do it this other way. So we're going to we're going to pass citizens uh, Clinton versus Citizens United so we can just allow all dark money to come into politics. My point is there has to be people instead of just having a 50th anniversary celebration of Roe, look what happened in Kansas. Roe gets turned down, and it changes the political landscape of Kansas, dude. That is a very red state, and they voted overwhelmingly for pro-choice, overwhelmingly. My point is, until you start pushing for this stuff, you're not going to know. So, like, look, do you really think that most people like, yeah, I really think that we should have Supreme Court justices forever. There is a small percentage of people that know how to manipulate yeah. the courts. But if you came out and said, we're going to really push for a, 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 a term limit on Supreme Court justice, call it 20 years, call it 10, call it whatever you want. I guarantee you that most Americans would be like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm going to vote to get him. It doesn't make sense to have him in there for life. We're going to get rid of it. Just to kind of put a bow on this discussion. Ugh, on this steaming pile people of People that are just so, like your buddy, your normal friend, who's just like died in the wool pro-life. I just want to say to, to by the way, the died in the wool pro-choice. Hey, we got to compromise in this yeah, country. Of course, we have got. But they're not going to compromise because he believes that God, God, the Almighty, has has commanded. Like he fundamentally believes this. So if you believe that some, like that, literally, if you do it this way, you're going to burn in hell. And and but you don't have any proof that hell exists or that there is even a God. But you just sort of believe it because you've been told that. And as you well know, I believe in God. So I believe yes. in a greater creator being. But Good. I also can step back a little bit and say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to force my belief in God on you, period. Yeah. Well, that's so tough in this day and age to just be like, I don't have to force what I believe on someone else. Well, and that's, I mean, 
you know, that's what happened in Europe, which is the reason why most Europeans don't even go to church anymore. Because they're just like for a a thousand years, they were forced to believe something and they never had a choice. That's what's going to happen in this country. And by the way, the wing nuts are going to keep doing what they're doing. But the greater majority is going to finally start pushing them into the corners. The God that I believe in, which is a lot different than a lot of other people's gods, never wants God to be forced on anybody. Like that God wants a relationship and a. That's antithetical to how I believe in this well, guy. Well, uh, okay. But, I mean, you know, that's like me trying to get rid of social media. I mean, trying to change these wingnuts' ideas around how they view God. They view God as an Old Testament condemning damnation God. And look, at the end of the day, come the great getting up morning, you know, God might be like, Brandon, Larry, you guys are losers. You didn't follow my commandments. <laughs> You're going to burn in the eternal chasms of hellfire, right? And you and I will say, well, God, I'm not sure I really believe in the eternal chasms of hellfire. So how can I go there? Well, God's a creator. God's going to do what God's going to do, right? I really hope. I mean, this is, I'm glad you brought this up. I hope we're driving down some back road and we get rear-ended by some big rig and we got to go to the pearly gates together. Like, right? Me and you are up there. And the big guy's like, hey, you dumb idiots. Sorry. I'm going to be like, that guy. That guy. No, take the big guy. Uh, He was (laughs) way louder than me on his time on earth. It's not my fault. Larry, I would like to thank you for teaching me all about God's creation and his damnation. 